You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hi. <laughs> we have not gathered together in a while. And it is so good to be with all of you and share this time and just drop in. Um, I haven't really had much I've wanted to talk about publicly, to process publicly, to share publicly. I have very much been in self-introspection and transition and change. Um, Feels like a lot of ego death, a lot of identities shedding making space for who I am becoming individually in this marriage because I'm fucking married (laughs) y'all um and just awareness around where I've been spending my time and my energy and you know what my body wants really paying attention to what my body wants, really listening to the longings of my heart and riding the energetic waves and changes. Just so much changing. So much changing. And it's definitely been overwhelming. I felt really good wedding planning for a couple months and then started to feel like I was dying, which was super interesting. Started to feel like Kelly Tennant was dying. Kelly Tennant was no more. And the hard thing about that was Kelly Tennant has achieved a lot in her fucking life. (laughs) I've done a lot. And I've been recognized for being that person. And what came forward to me during this time, once I started to understand where a lot of my anger and confusion and frustration was coming from, was that I was no longer going to be that person. And who is Kelly Moore? What has she done? Nothing. But I couldn't step into a new iteration of myself until I let go of who I had been. And I've done this so many times. I've talked about this on the podcast so many times of when I enter into a new iteration of myself, there is a grieving and a sitting with who I was and welcoming in all that is coming. And as someone who has been really controlling and likes things to look a certain way, it tends to be a little more of a frustrating process for me, a little more overwhelming um, than maybe some people. And at the same time, I also started to feel this sense of being trapped. If I entered into marriage and this type of commitment, would I then be trapped in it? Would I then feel like a prisoner of my life and my relationship? 
And I had never thought about that. I had never felt that before. But it allowed me to have really amazing conversations with myself and my girlfriends and with Connor about maintaining freedom and sovereignty in this relationship with rings on, with life commitments, with, you know, just legal things. So many things that you don't deal with as a boyfriend and girlfriend. And then shit gets real real when you decide to be husband and wife, which I'm totally here for. There's just things that came up that I had never looked at. And it's all so good because as these questions came up, as these feelings, as insecurities came up, I was able to be more honest with myself. I was able to share with my partner where I was and feel seen and supported in this transition. And I said to him straight up, I said, I feel like I'm dying. I don't ever get to be Kelly Tennant again, because even if we got divorced, hopefully we'll have children. So then I will be the mother of your children. I will be your ex-wife. I will, I will never just be Kelly Tennant again. Like I am now tied to you in so many ways, physically, energetically, emotionally. And I get to accept that and embrace that. But for a while, it felt really overwhelming and really scary. And once I said it out loud and I put a name to it, I put words to it and I felt his support on the other end of like, yeah, I can totally see that. I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm not fucking crazy. And I'm just in a transition and I have this amazing partner who stands by my side and says, I see you and I know that this can be challenging and I'm here for you. And I think that it created a deeper foundation and a deeper bond for us. And it allowed me to really just kind of melt into my experience. And I had also noticed at this time that I had so much anxiety and stress coming up around making the wedding perfect. I need it to look a certain way because it's a reflection of me. And if something doesn't go well, people are going to think that I'm a fucking hack and I failed. And I was being a psycho and Connor called me out one day so well as he does. And he said, why are you even thinking about this? Why are you micromanaging every aspect of this? And at first I was really pissed. I'm like, I'm putting so much into this. I'm trying so hard. And then I was like, oh, damn, he's so right. I'm creating this experience for myself to be so stressful and so anxiety ridden. If my intention from day one has been flow and ease and fun with this wedding. And now I'm creating a dynamic where I'm just fucking stressed about every little detail. Just waiting for something to blow up. Well, that's on me. Like, he's not putting pressure on me. He's stoked. He's like, let's do it. And no one else is putting pressure on me, but I'm putting pressure on me because that perfect Kelly version of me is coming forward and is feeling the pressure. And so I had to, again, have an honest conversation with myself about why are you doing this? What are you so scared of? And after I had my bachelorette here, um, which I'll get to in a second, but after the girls were here and we had a lot of honest conversations and I was able to just really open up. It was like my anxiety and my stress went away because what I realized is that the people I love most are going to be at this wedding. And if everything catches on fire, I have the people I love most. 
And that's literally all that matters. The flowers don't matter. The venue doesn't matter. The way we walk down the aisle doesn't matter. Drama with family doesn't matter. None of it. Because I have the people I love most there and we get to be in joy together. And when shit hits the fan, my fucking people show up. And so I let it all go and it felt so good. And it allowed me to be so present and so joyful and coming from a place of true honesty within myself, with me and with the people around me. I wanted to share a little bit about my bachelorette because it was one of the most profound weekends of my life. And I have learned how to receive because of my husband and because of my girlfriends. My sisterhood has taught me how to receive. And they came here for four days. And we had no agenda. We had a couple things we wanted to do, but no agenda. We said, let's cook. Let's have coffee mornings like we did in Tulum. Let's just be in pajamas and relax and be outside and in nature and play with the dogs. And that's exactly what we did. And it felt really nourishing. But the thing that stood out the most to me, on Saturday, we had a brunch. And I had my sisterhood circle. Um, I had my best friend from, since we were 14 and maid of honor, Nosley. She came in from Chicago. And then I had my friend Amy, who lives here, Amy Morrison, who you guys have heard on the pod. So we had us for the whole weekend, but on the brunch morning, we invited a bunch of more girls who live in town and um, we were able to connect and it was so fun. And then we went outside and Amy, who is a master XPT coach and leads and guides incredible breath work and um, has a monthly community I've talked about in case you guys haven't joined, get in there. I am in there and it is fantastic. Amy took us all out onto our fake lawn and we all lay down and she led us through a breath work and it was so amazing. And then after she said, okay, we're going to journal and everyone journal, you know, whatever came up for you. So I started journaling about how profound it was to have all these women there and how much it was impacting me and how loved I felt and receiving and all these things. And right after that, all the girls gave me their papers and they'd folded them up and had my name on them. And they said, we wrote you love letters. And I didn't read them at that moment, but I read my letter to all of them out loud because I wanted them to know how much they meant to me. And so that's how our day started. So then we went inside and um, we had someone come and weld jewelry for us. So we all got these like grown up friendship bracelets, which was really cute. And then the girls, I had told them I had gotten this really amazing lingerie set. And so the girls decide that we need to do a photo shoot. So they get me dressed up in this crazy ass leather lingerie set that is Hot as fuck. I don't know if these pictures will ever see the light of day on Instagram. Uh, But if you would like to see, DM me and I will 
send you a photo privately. <laughs> uh, they're so great. Um, but we did like a whole photo shoot. So we, the girls like were moving furniture and plants and, um, it was just so fun. And it was also just hilarious watching them put me in lingerie. I was like, this is what sisterhood is. Like, I feel so sexy. I feel so loved. It was just so fun. So we're doing these shoots. I'm up on the kitchen counter. I'm like, you know, ass in the air. Everyone can see every one of my bits. My tits are out, all the things. And we just had a blast. It was hilarious. And then they were like, okay, come into the bedroom. So they walked me in and they had set up this entire scene in my bathroom with the bath. They had drawn me a bath. They had put a bunch of dried flowers and herbs in the bath. They laid all the plants around the tub. They lit all these candles. And by this time it's, it's getting dark and they are playing music and they said, we want to give you a bath. And that bath was so incredible. My dearest, closest friends massaging me and kissing my forehead, singing me songs, holding me, telling me how much they love me, literally rebirthing me into a new iteration of myself. They knew that I had felt like I was dying. They knew that there was this death and rebirth cycle happening. And they created the most ceremonial, magical space for me to be in the water and rebirth and to be held by the women I love most, where I felt so safe and so sacred and so held. And the funny thing, I told Katie Calder this later, and she didn't know this, which makes it even cooler, but the music that she was playing while we were in the bath was the music that I used to do my really intense solo mushroom trips to. And those trips were, you know, I've talked about them a little bit, but head on the ground in the fetal position, just sobbing and releasing and working through my sisterhood wounds, working through being bullied, working through my self-worth and my value and my codependence and my connection to others and my intimacy and all my fears. And I had been processing all of that so many times to those songs to then be in a bathtub with these women around me, listening to those same songs. I was a sobbing mess. (laughs) It was such a full circle, precious moment. I was like, wow. Wow. I did so much to get here. And it was so fucking cool. And then at the end, they handed me all the letters they had written that day. And they said, we want you to read these now. So I sat in the bath. And I didn't read them out loud. I read them to myself, but I read each letter and we all just cried. And I just hugged each girl and I told her how much I loved her. And it was, it was like an out of body experience 
watching it all play out while also being so present in it and realizing that this is what's possible and that I have co-created this with these women where we get to show up and have this experience together because they have told me, and I know this, that as much as I got out of it, I know they got so much out of it as well. And it was so transformational. And I will never, ever forget that weekend. There were so many other moments in between, but I really wanted to share that with all of you because I just didn't know that this type of life was possible and these relationships with women were possible. And I am living proof that it is and that you get to co-create this. And if you want this to be your reality, you get to make this your reality. I want to take a quick break. Um, We have a couple amazing sponsors um, of this show and And this is so funny that this is making me cry. <laughs> I really love the people and the brands that I get to work with because behind selling stuff, you're supporting humans. It's the same way I'm so grateful when our clients at Soulfire go out and share our work with others because behind all of the art and the podcast and the creation of what we do is a small family business. This is run by Connor and myself and our amazing team. And so the fact that these are brands and people that love my message, love our community and believe in what we are doing is so touching And that's why I'm so excited that I get to support them in their missions. You guys know that I don't talk about brands I don't fucking really believe in. And I do that for so many reasons. I believe in integrity. I believe in standards. I don't like to sell things. It's not my thing. But there are products and brands and people behind these brands that have changed my life. And that impact me on a daily basis that I want you to know about because I know how they make me feel. And I want you to have the same abilities and the same touch points with whoever it is. So I want to talk to you guys about Everyday Dose. Um, I'm really skeptical when it comes to companies that have mushroom powders because, um, unfortunately, a lot of brands, including uh, the biggest ones, the most well-recognized names on the market are lying and they're using crap products and they're sourcing from really bad places. And so I had kind of given up on mushroom blends um, for that reason, because I'm like, well, now I know too much behind the scenes and I don't want to share this with my community. And I also am not taking this shit myself. So we're done. And then I found this amazing company. They're called Everyday Dose. And I talked to the founder. I actually got got to get on the phone with the founder. And we had a really cool conversation around podcast advertising and running a new company and starting from the ground up and all the hats we wear as founders. And Jack, his name is Jack. Um, Jack and I had a really cool conversation. And we talked about sourcing. 
And we talked about the lies that we felt like brands were giving us. And he shared about the integrity of his company and how much he cares because he was really sick. And that is why he created this. And I also was really sick. And that's why I created this podcast. Oh, sorry to cry through an ad, you guys. <laughs> Guess it's that kind of day. Um, I just really respect people and companies who do it right. And I always want to cheer for them from the top of every mountaintop. Um, I have been using Everyday Dose, their mushroom powder blend every single day for the past probably six weeks since I started to try it out. I always try things before I share it, of course. And so I started trying it and I was like, whoa, like I haven't had a, a blend like this that gives me this kind of sustained energy and focus ever, like ever has a little coffee in it. Um, but it's a third of the caffeine of coffee. So, um, you know, I'm going into baby making, so I'm trying to get off of caffeine as much as possible. I don't know if I'm going to totally eliminate it. Um, especially with everyday dose, you're getting very little caffeine, but you're getting so many incredible functional, um, mushrooms and collagen and nootropics. And you get like the lasting energy and it's also so good for your immune system. Um, so I just love that I've been able to incorporate this every day. And I kid you not, I like, I feel (laughs) kind of feel like I'm on drugs in a good way um, because you have that laser focus. And I'm also, I feel really open and heart centered. Did not expect that. Um, But I know that I'm getting the best of the best. So I'm so happy to share everyday dose with you. This is a new partnership. Um, so if you're someone who struggles with anxiety because of caffeine, if you're someone who is looking for the best source mushrooms that there are, Everyday Dose is your go-to. Like I'm telling you, you have to try it out. Um, here's the other thing. This is fucking crazy. And Jack is so generous. Um, if you use the code Kelly T, you'll get 20% off their already discounted um, starter kit so that you'll get 65% off their starter kit. What? Like no brands do this, but they really believe in what they do. And if you also don't love it and it's not amazing, they'll give you a refund. Like they just fucking really believe in this. And I do too. I do too. Um, so if you go to everydaydose.com, use the code Kelly T, you'll get 65% off the starter kit. Um, and I'm really excited for you to check them out. Okay. I've never, I don't think I've ever cried through an ad. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of breeze through the wedding because there's so much to say, but Connor and I actually, um, just recorded an episode for okay, babe about the wedding. So if you want all the detailed weddings, go listen to okay, babe, I'll make sure I'm like picking my nose and scratching my nose right now. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, but go listen. Okay, babe, that has all, all the good stuff, but it was so interesting for me getting to the wedding and how calm I felt about our union and our marriage. And there were a few things, um, that will always stick with me. And the first is that I was incredibly present for every moment of my wedding. Uh, I was incredibly present for the whole weekend. And 
I felt really supported and I felt really grounded and I was super excited, but I was just, I was there and some things went wrong, like little logistics, like the venue forgot that we were doing our rehearsal dinner in this one space. So it was set up last minute, um, you know, random stuff like that, but nothing really big. And I was just present and I, I think I did a really good job of not sweating the small stuff, but I'm so grateful that I was so present because so many people tell me that they don't remember their wedding. And then it just was like a blur. I remember every fucking moment so vividly. I can feel it in my body. (laughs) And I remember the nerves that started coming after I put my dress on and I saw my dad for the first time and he was a fucking mess. And then I was a mess. And then I saw my godmother, who is my mom's best friend since they were 14. And as you guys know, uh, my mom died last summer. And so she wasn't at the wedding. And so seeing my godmother, my Nina, um, was a really intense moment. Um, I also, I wore my mom's wedding ring on my right hand. And then I, I switched it over after we got married, um, to my left hand. So I have a stack from the rings Connor got for me and then my mom's wedding ring as well, which meant a lot to me. And I, I also wore my grandmother's necklace for the wedding. Um, so I felt them with me and it was really beautiful. Um, but just the jitters and then uh, the hairdresser, uh, my dear friend, Nicole, she went to go and do Connor's hair and like help him put it in a bun and like fix all his flyaways. Cause Lord help us all. Connor was freaking out about flyaways and it was the cutest thing ever. So she goes to do that. And then she comes back. She was like, Oh girl, he is pacing. She's like, he is freaking out. And it is so cute. And I was like, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Cause I was kind of pacing too. And I like, couldn't sit still. And Um, I called one of my best friends, Kristen Hinman, um, who couldn't come to the wedding. She has three kids and a tiny baby. And, um, so I FaceTimed her cause I didn't know, I was like, I don't know what else to do. I need to talk to somebody. I want to talk to Kristen. So I just FaceTimed her, um, which is just like so random trying to calm down. Um, and then I, I will always remember one of the most beautiful moments of my entire life was walking down the aisle to Connor and seeing the way he was responding, that man cried so much and he comes across so strong and serious or not serious. Uh, he's definitely not serious. Like so silly and, um, so like can't be bothered with emotions. Right. I know him differently. Obviously I'm his wife and we've been through a lot of things together. So I've seen him cry before, but I've never seen him look at me like that. And there was a softening that happened with both of us at the wedding. And I felt the energy shift in our love and our relationship. It was like, oh, this is a much different dynamic. And it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. I've never looked into his eyes the way I did that day. I just stared at him. We, we were joking after he said it was the first time we had ever, ever done eye gazing. <laughs> like, yeah, cause that's literally the only time you're ever going to do that with me. Uh, not Connor's forte, not really mine either. Um, 
but we just stared into one another. It was so beautiful. And then Peyton Callahan, um, one of our dear friends, she and her husband, Cal, along with, you know, Stefano Safondos, for those of you who don't know, was our officiant and his wife, Christine Hassler was there. And so the four of them did this blessing for us that Peyton led. And at one point we had our hands on each other's hearts, Connor and I did, while everyone in the audience had their hands to us to bless us in this marriage. And we were wrapped up in this cloth that Peyton had made and soaked. And it was just so beautiful and thoughtful. And, and it was like we, we had entered into this vortex that we had created together. And everyone we loved was blessing it. I was like, wow, is this really happening? <laughs> and it just, it was so real and so powerful. And then the other moment that I will always remember is when we came down and we were introduced as husband and wife and um, Megan Taylor said, uh, now, what, what did she say? Uh, now introducing for the first time, Mr. and Mrs. Moore, and we come walking down and we go into our first dance and it was like no one else was there. It was just him and I. It was like 85 people had disappeared <laughs> and it was just us. And it was so beautiful. And then I surprised the hell out of him with this song that we love, Fuck Bitches Get Money. And his face was classic. <laughs> it was so funny. And it just made it. I just, I loved that I got to surprise him with something so ridiculous. And it just, it really set the tone you know, for such a fun us kind of night. It was just so us. Um, the wedding was everything that I ever dreamed of. And I felt like, wow, like how, how is it this perfect? How is it so us? And again, I just, I give myself and I give us so much credit for the work that we've done and how we've shown up to get to this point to create a magical experience like that. And to be that present for it. <sighs> and now I'm just settling into being Kelly Moore. Um, it feels weird. It feels weird. It feels uh, really different. It feels so good. So happy. Connor is so happy. And we share that with each other multiple times a day, which feels awesome. Um, and I think we also feel a call to step up even more to be the best iterations of ourselves for us and for each other. And what marriage and this relationship requires of us. And I think that's, that's really cool that we're willing to answer that call and that whisper and that, that tug. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> so before I get into, um, some different topics, 
I asked for some input from our community on Instagram and you guys showed up. So I got a few things I want to go through. I want to share with you two other brands that I, I love so much and who were an amazing part of our wedding and offered so many treats for the goodie bags and for all of our guests. And I'm just so grateful. I was just looking outside and I was like, oh, it just got really cold and really cloudy and it looks like it's going to rain and it's very windy. Our little golf net is about to fall over right in front of my office. And then I immediately thought, oh, I want Organified Chocolate Gold. And then I was like, oh, I should read this ad. <laughs> so there you go. That's how my brain works. Um, Organified Chocolate Gold, limited edition. You guys, it's the best. Little uh, tip from me. I also mix the Everyday Dose Mushroom Latte in with Organified Chocolate Gold. And it tastes so bomb together. Um, but chocolate gold is just, it satisfies every craving I have aside from sexual ones because <laughs> I still got those, but it is so incredible to, I don't care. Have it any time of day. I would say start or end your day, but I'm about to have one when I finish recording this and it's 1130 in the morning. It feels really good. It feels like you are doing something positive for your body. If any of you have ever done like celery juice cleanses or juices and you just feel cleaner, that's how I feel with chocolate gold in a comforting way. I feel cleaner. I feel nourished. I feel like I'm doing the right thing for my body to optimize recovery and sleep. And I'm not, um, I'm not reaching for something with a bunch of sugar in it. I'm reaching for something that tastes fucking delicious, that satisfies cravings, that also has so many benefits for my body. And the amount of um the amount of quality ingredients in chocolate gold, the superfoods, um the mushrooms, the turmeric, um everything that they put into it is just so thoughtful. They source the best and it is a staple part of my life. And it is now a staple part of every person I come into contact with life because I give it as a gift. People drink it every time they come to my house and they're like, this is actually as good as you say it is on the podcast. So if you have not tried out Organifi's chocolate gold, I highly recommend it. And remember it is seasonal. So you probably want to get a couple canisters. If you're like me and you're drinking it every day, it's not going to last you as long as you think. Um, so you can go to Organifi.com uh, slash Kelly T and you'll get 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the code Kelly T for 20% off. The other thing as it is getting colder, um, I don't often talk about this during the summer because it's hot as balls. But Element has a chocolate salt and you can make it hot and have it as like a salty hot chocolate. Okay, let me tell you how good this is. <laughs> I am, you guys know I'm really bad at drinking water, but I'm really bad at drinking cold water, um, especially during the winter months and it's snowing here. So oftentimes I'll go to the gym which is now in my garage. Thank you, Connor, for building that. Uh, and I drink the, the chocolate salt, the element chocolate salt. Um, so I put a few drops of stevia in it. I make it hot and it's like my tea drink while I work out. So I know I'm getting electrolytes. I know I'm staying hydrated. I know I'm replenishing. 
Um, but I'm also drinking that something that tastes really good and it's warm and I just like to have hot drinks. That's just kind of how I operate. So I would love for you to try out element. Um, they're, um, like tester packs are so good. You get a sampler of eight different flavors. So you can try the chocolate and we absolutely love everything they're about. So you can, uh, go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T that's drink slash Kelly T and you will get an eight pack sampler for five bucks, which is just the cost of shipping. So <laughs> someone asked about finances. And this is interesting because I don't really talk about this often. I talk about this when I go on other podcasts sometimes, but I haven't talked a ton about finances and I am not a financial guru. Um, This is not something that I really care to like go deeply into, but here is what I feel, especially now at this point in my life about finances. And maybe Christina, the channel, I feel like does a lot of episodes on this of like being a money witch and frequency and all of that. So I would recommend listening to her podcast um, for more on this because she does a lot more business coaching and strategy than I do around this. But here's what I feel is that if you have not released your limiting beliefs around success and money, and if you are not an energetic match for the money that you want to make, it's not going to happen. Just sit with that for a second. What does that mean? If I have not released the limiting beliefs that I have around success and money, I create a block. Now I become an energetic block for any money or success or wealth that wants to come to me. And if I am not an energetic match, so I have not raised my frequency or I have not shown up in a way that is open and inviting of money and willing to receive and asking for it and showing up as that version of myself who can hold that, it's not going to show up either. Or it's going to show up and you're going to burn through it because you don't believe that you can have it. I believe that I deserve wealth and comfort and financial stability. It's how I act. I spend when I want to spend. I am not frugal. I don't worry. I put exact numbers on things I want and I get them. I am a manifester. This is an ability I have. I believe that we get to ask for what we want. And I believe that we get to become the person who receives that. Not the person who says, I want to make $100,000. And then gets $100,000 and freaks the fuck out. No, I'm like, yeah, of course. I set out in Soul Fire this summer. I said, I want 10 more shows by the end of 2021. We will end the the year with 15 plus more shows. I know what I offer. I know what we create. I know how I can support people and I know that that dollar amount that they are going to pay me and my team is worth every penny and that the more financial abundance I have, the more people I'm able to help. So, you know, I'll give an example. 
And by the way, this is not a Pat Kelly on the back. Oh, look at this. This is just me answering honestly of how I live my life. It doesn't make me smarter or better than you or anyone else. This is just how I have shown up in my life to create abundance and wealth and also be able to support others. I had a friend post that she's working with this mom who's about to give birth and her baby's father died two weeks after she found out she was pregnant. And so she is alone. And she asked if people would donate because she wanted to surprise this mom with an amazing gift to help her. And so without thinking, I sent money. I was like, here's $100. Every time I see a homeless person, whenever I do feel safe, this isn't like any time, right? Sometimes it's not safe um, to do this. But if I feel safe and I feel called, I will give them 20 bucks. I know that the more money that I create, the more money that I energetically match with, the more money I am giving to other people. The more money I get to pay my team. It feels really good to give people raises. And it's the first place my head goes because I am financially stable and I am financially abundant and I want to create more people in the world, to co-create more people in the world with themselves, to be abundant, to create wealth. So the more I have, the more soul fire creates, the more I'm able to pay my team, the more they're able to have joy and abundance and fulfilling lives. And then they get to pay it forward. If you have limiting beliefs, like I don't deserve this, I'm used to having nothing in my bank account, lack drives me because then I feel like I have to work harder, but then you get the money and then you spend it. So you put yourself back in the same place. That is the same cycle you're going to stay in. Those limiting beliefs need to be released in order to attract more into your life, period. What story are you holding on to that is not your own? What limiting belief have you been given by parents or society or different circumstances that has made you believe, I don't deserve that? I used to go into my TV networks and be like, no, I want this. And I fucking negotiated almost a quarter of a million dollar paycheck. Most people my age were not making that much money on TV, especially in a regional network. And I was like, no, I do this, this, and this. I know what this, this, and this person are being paid. I want this amount of money. I deserve that. And I fucking got it because I believe that I deserve that. And I'm a match for it. When I receive it, that is in flow and it is supportive. And that is how I operate. I don't go chase clients. I don't beg for people to work with me. I'm like, if you want what I have, you get to pay for it and you will show up and I will show up. And this is how it is. And we are meant to work together. If people don't want to pay or if they are not in a place to work with us, I do not care. And not from like a, ugh, I don't care. I just don't care. It's fine. It's like, it's not my thing. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Releasing that. 
that's them. This is me. This is where my energy is. This is where my energetic matches. And that's where yours is. Yours is. And I'm not here to fix it. I'm here to just amplify mine and lead by example. Become the energy. Become and match the energy and the frequency at which you want to live. You say, I can't do this. I, that's not for me or I don't, I'm not smart enough. I get it. But like, that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. And it's not yours. Someone asked about keeping my business organized. Got a lot of business questions, which makes me happy because it's kind of where I'm moving. So thank you guys for seeing me without even knowing you're seeing me. Um, I delegate like a motherfucker. I just gave over all finances to my team. I do not send out invoices. I do not pay anybody anymore. I do not handle contracts, nothing. Um, I am not good at managing numbers and spreadsheets and what's coming in and what's going out. And I get really overwhelmed and it takes me out of my creator and I want to be in the creator. I want to be in the, uh, the vessel of creation and being present to my artistic abilities and my producer abilities. And when I am stuck in logistics, I am not my best self. And that is not why people come to me. People do not come to me because I am good on Excel. People come to me because I am a seer and I am a creator and I'm a visionary. I get to stay in visionary. And that's not to say that my team are not visionaries, but they are better at things than I am. Just like I am better at other things than they are. That is why we work. We stay in our fucking lane. I delegate to people who are good at things. My assistant, Abby, has a finance background. She handles Excel spreadsheets. (laughs) Sam is our COO and is incredibly detail-oriented and kind of neurotic when it comes to emails and responding to people and handling logistics and day-to-day and managing all this in between. She's amazing at it. I don't fucking want to do it. It gives me a headache. She handles it, right? I empower people to do things they're really good at so I can empower myself to do what I'm good at. That's the only way this works. We have tons of documents. We have tons of folders. We have all these different organizational software that we use. We use Trello for the company. We have Monday. We're on Slack. Um, I mean, you name it, we use it. And I really allow people to be in their genius. And I don't micromanage it. When I take myself out of the middle of the company, the company is much more successful. My team knows that I trust them and I don't micromanage them. For example, Sam came to me and we had a situation where we needed to change a contract and I did not want to change it. I was being extremely stubborn and I had a very uh, emotional response to this. And I said, no, we're not doing it. Blah, blah, blah. This is why. And she said, well, I disagree. And this is what I think. And in that moment, I just felt trust Sam and I let it go. And I was like, okay. She made the decision and I supported her, even though I didn't want to do it and I didn't necessarily agree. I trust her. I delegated that and it felt really good. Right? It's not about being right. It's not about being at the center of your company. It's not about being the one. I don't need to be the universe. 
I have created something that is so amazing that serves more people when I remove myself from the micromanaging everyday tasks and I stay in my lane. So that's my recommendation. So finding your niche. Oh, again, this feels like a Christina Rice question. Um, (laughs) I do what makes me feel good and what lights me up. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the show. I refuse to do things I don't want to do. I just don't do it. I don't have the time and energy for it. I'm too old. I'm almost 34. I'm so old. I'm too old to do things I don't want to do. I've created a company and a life where I get to choose. I create my reality and I don't want to do something. I don't do it. And that doesn't mean that I bow out on my commitments. You know, I have year long deals with multiple companies for sponsorships. You know, I have masterminds to show up with, you know, our team. There's like lots of those things. Um, but I don't commit to something unless I really want to do it. So it's easy for me. If it's in my life, it's in my life for a reason. And if I don't want to do it, I will renegotiate what my situation is so that I don't have to do it anymore because we only have so much time and I want to have fun. I spent so long grinding and doing things I didn't want to do. And I just refuse to live like that anymore. So call me privileged. I definitely am. I fucking created my life to be privileged though, to have abundance, to have the ability to choose and to say, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I don't want that $3,000 a month. I'm good. Finding your niche, I think comes down to listening to the call of your heart. Don't look at what everyone else is doing. Don't compare yourself. Don't worry about it. Do what lights you up and people will respond. People will feel your energy and respond to that energy. So that's how I feel about that. Someone asked about staying true to yourself through social media. Same thing. I just don't watch what everyone else is doing anymore. I'm just over it, you guys. Like, who fucking cares? I just don't care. I just don't care. I don't care about everyone else's marketing strategies. I don't care about people's naked pictures. I don't care about all the opinions. Um, I don't care about social pressure. Um, I, I just don't. Like, who cares? Let everyone do what they want to do and do you. Just do you. Have enough self-respect and sovereignty to say, fuck it. I am going to do me. If that means your grid doesn't look perfect, if that means you're not posting every day. If that means you're saying shit to piss people off or maybe just saying shit and it pisses people off. Um, whatever. Like, I don't care. It just doesn't matter to me how much time and energy have we wasted worrying about what other people think and how to fit in. Stop trying to fit in. If you're trying to fit in, those are not your fucking people. This is why I love my sisterhood. None of us try. We are literally as we are, raw and unashamed. And I've never felt closer to people in my whole life. And we don't all agree on the same stuff. We don't operate the same way. We just let each other be ourselves. It's like, Kelly's being Kelly. Oh, that's so Kelly. Oh, that's so Katie. Katie is 
nomading all over the country and it gives me anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, how do you do that? But like, that's what her calling was. So I don't judge it. I'm just like, wow, that's not for me. But like, you do you. That's amazing. I'm so excited. It means she gets to come visit me more often (laughs) and we get to like go to Tulum and go to Nashville and do all this cool shit. Great. Carolina talks to plants. Like foraged at the wedding, by the way, foraged everything for the rehearsal dinner from the land and like put all these branches and dried leaves and I don't even know flowers. It was the most magnificent table setting I've ever seen. And homegirl just like went around and picked stuff off the land. I know that's just not me. And it is such a bizarre talent to have. And it is the most profound, beautiful thing I've ever seen. And she is in her true essence lit up when she is out amongst the plants. Like she is a fairy goddess plant queen. You know? And I could say this about every girl. Like Megan Curry is a chef and I get tired cooking once a day. And she's an incredible chef and she is like in a meditative state when she cooks not for me. Teaching people how to cook, like I could care less. And it is such a gift for her. And she loves to cook for people. And thank God, because I love eating her food. (laughs) That's just not who I am or what I do. So it's like, do what feels good until it doesn't feel good. And then do another thing that feels good. And who cares about how everyone else does it? Their plan, their approach, their timeline. It's not yours. It is not your timeline. This goes into body, body image and self-acceptance. Look, we're human. We're going to judge ourselves. I don't know that that ever goes away. I still judge myself. I am not like the most awakened that I do not care about the cellulite on the side of my thighs. Yeah, I fucking care. It annoys me. But I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I have so much to offer the world. That has nothing to do with my meat suit. And I chose this meat suit on purpose for whatever it gets me, for wherever it takes me, for whatever lessons I need to learn. And that is just a small part of my experience. Again, how much energy and time are we going to waste on our bodies? I love working out because it makes me feel good. And yes, it impacts how I look. But it is so important to me to feel good because I could look good and feel like shit. I did that with an eating disorder. I looked real nice and tight. You couldn't find cellulite on my body. And I was eating a thousand calories a day and had an eating disorder for years. And I was suicidal and miserable. So like, is it worth it? No. I find deep fulfillment fulfillment in the little moments of my life. and. When I am naked and Connor is fucking me or there's a girl sitting on my face, I'm really not worried about the cellulite on the side of my thighs. I'm like, damn, this is hot. I'm here for this. And no one else is saying, oh, wow, look at that. It's so much deeper than our bodies. That being said, take care of yourself. Eat well. Eat nourishing foods. Provide for yourself on a cellular level. 
if you have food addictions or substance addictions or a ten- tendency to numb out and not want to be here, which is what most of this is, then it's time to ask for help. And I've been in therapy multiple times with eating disorders and suicidal thoughts and all of that. And I'm here to say it works and it helps so much. So if that's the support you need, then that's what you get to seek out and create for yourself. Someone asked about how to relieve stress and move on from an abusive relationship. Again, ask for help. Therapy, you guys. This is not an ad, but I guess it is an ad. Betterhelp.com slash Kelly. Get 10% off. Get help. It's affordable. It's approachable. The therapists are amazing. I highly recommend it. We're not meant to work through these things on our own. We're meant to have support, have systems around us, have community. And when we are in abusive relationships, I think it's important to ask ourselves how we got into it and why we're attracting that type of energy and then taking responsibility to remove ourselves. Having a therapist to support you in that process is really helpful. I have been there. I have been in abusive, really shitty relationships and I have utilized therapy and friendships to help me get out and support myself in the process. And I also think that if you are in abusive relationships, what lens are you viewing your life and yourself through? Do you believe you deserve that and why? Why are you creating a dynamic where you're being abused? It doesn't mean you're like asking someone to hit you or asking someone to put you down. But there's a part of you that allows it because you're in it. Why is that? Why is that? So last couple of things here. Um, Someone asked about embracing spirituality and the tools. So... I have been on quite the journey spiritually, as I'm sure many of you have. Am I, I'm in a place now where I am just living it. I am not sitting and meditating. I journaled for the first time before the wedding. Um, so it's October. The last time I journaled was February. And... I've never been more connected and felt like more of a channel and receiving more messages and just, for lack of a better word, embodied. (laughs) Um, And I think it's because I stopped trying to be spiritual. I stopped trying to be, thank you, Theo. I stopped trying to be this spiritual person that you see on Instagram. And I just started to live and do spirituality the way it felt good to me. So if that meant asking for help, I asked for help. If that meant getting quiet, I got quiet. If that meant getting in the bath and just listening, that's what I did. So I am a moving, living, breathing version of my spirituality now. And you get to find what that is for you. Everyone starts in their own way, moves at their own pace, and gets to create whatever spiritual reality you want. 
I've had incredible mentors. I've read amazing books. I've listened to such good podcasts. And I've also interviewed some of the most amazing, profound people I've ever met. And now I'm in a place where I get to listen to myself. And I get to connect in that way. And that's what feels supportive. And I have the tools and I have the resources for when something gets hard or when I feel uncomfortable or when I'm lost or when I'm scared. I have tools and resources to lean on because I have done the work and I have spent the time over the last three years creating this. So I choose to not rely on others and I choose to trust myself. So that's where we are. Um. <laughs> so if you've made it this far, thanks for sticking with me. I have an announcement to make. Someone asked about creating space. What am I creating space for? And what am I releasing? So I am ending this podcast at the end of the year. I will no longer be doing shows. And to be honest, I say that with a lot of relief. Um, it doesn't feel like the thing that serves me anymore. And I love showing up for you and with you. And I love that this has been a resource for all of us for almost four years. But at this time in my life, as I get ready to get pregnant, as I transition into being married, as Connor and I begin to diversify our business and start working in other areas um, beyond just soul fire and start really creating the life that we want together, I am choosing to not put my energy into The Kelly Show. That being said, we are going to keep OK Babe because it's fun and it's easy and it's just it's us talking. And I'm really excited that we're keeping OK Babe. Um, but I. I am not enjoying doing this the way I used to. And so I know that it's time to close this chapter. It may come back. Who knows? But for me, it's the next six months is all about preparing my space and my body for a baby. That is all I care about right now, if I'm being totally fucking honest. And I admitted that I didn't want to have a podcast anymore about six months ago during my mastermind. And it's taken me a long time to come to a place where I can say, I don't want to do this anymore. But I know that it is actually the most supportive I think that I can do for myself and my relationship and you. Because if I'm not showing up fully to this, then that's not of service to you energetically. And I don't know, maybe there's a different way we're going to do this. Or maybe you're just going to get a different podcast in six months from me <laughs> or after I have a baby. Who knows? Um, but I am really creating space uh, for more fun and for more play and to be with myself and to, you know, build more stuff on our land and have more animals and be with nature and spend time with my girlfriends. And I'm really excited about it. 
I'm really excited about it. And doing this with you guys for so long has been the most beautiful gift. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, whether you're a new listener or you've been here as an OG since day one. You guys have changed my life. And I'll share more um, at the end of the year. We have lots of more episodes coming out after this. So don't go anywhere. I have some fucking epic shows coming at you. Um, But I did want to let you know that we are transitioning out of this iteration into I don't know what. I'm really excited about it. And I love you guys. So thank you for listening. I hope this was supportive. I'm really excited that I got to come back and be with you. I've missed you. I've missed our like solo one-on-one chats. Um, And if I can help you or support you at all, you know where to find me. I love you so much and I'll see you guys soon.